this story seemed too fantastic to be true. Because it was. Today I'm talking about the documentary Misha and the Wolves. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm talking about a netflix documentary called misha and the wolves which is uh, it's a little bit of true crime and a little bit of human interest but i thought it was rather fascinating especially kind of the issues it dives into so without further ado let's get started humans have a natural fascination with incredible stories whether it's coincidences that seem heaven sent or amazing tales of survival we latch onto them partially because we want to celebrate something amazing, but also because we want something that seems impossible to be true. We may never have to survive by ourselves in the wilderness, but if we know someone did, then in the back of our minds we feel like we could. Or perhaps it gives us a symbol of hope in a dark time. Which brings us to Misha and the Wolves, a film about an alleged Holocaust survivor. For many years, people knew Misha de Fonseca as an animal-loving woman with a fascinating story. During World War II, she escaped foster parents in Belgium and survived the Nazis by living in the woods with wolves. But when Misha was encouraged to write her memoir and her relationship with her publisher soured, it opened up stories not only about Misha's story, but also her identity. Misha and the Wolves is a solid documentary that could have been a little better. Not because the film itself is bad, it's quite good, and a great account of how the memoir came to fruition and the work it took to uncover its false claims, but because I think the film has a great perspective or core idea that it seems to breeze past at the very end. The core of the story has a lot of inherent drama, both because of the fantastic nature of Misha's story and the investigation that followed. On its face, Misha's story is fantastic, but hard to challenge, and the film does a great job of explaining why. A woman who runs a nearby wolf sanctuary highlights Misha's great relationship with animals, and all animals for that matter. Her community, including her synagogue, are all familiar with the story that she has told for years without question. And the film, understandably, highlights why this is a dicey thing for anybody to question. You don't want to deny. To call somebody who alleges being a Holocaust survivor a liar is loaded beyond belief and not something you'd feel comfortable doing offhand, especially if they were a child whose memories may or may not be a little off of reality despite being formative. That goes double when you see the emotional response people get from the story, the hope they find in it, the connections they make with it. Which is why it is both telling and interesting that it took disagreement over publishing rights to get the ball rolling. Though I'm sure more investigation may have happened in time, the film highlights the efforts of Misha's former American publisher, Jane Daniel, to uncover inconsistencies in the story after a lawsuit went against her. How little pieces of the story didn't add up, and how much work had to go not only into attempting to verify Misha's story, but also debunking it at the same time. Which, when you see that one of the main researchers is a Holocaust survivor and genealogist who survived thanks to very similar circumstances that Misha claimed to live through in her book, has a lot of weight. And yes, the reveal is quite shocking. Where I think the doc speeds through the good stuff is at the end, when everyone is trying to make sense of everything. 
There's two big questions that loom over this story. First, why did Misha lie? And second, why did everyone believe the lie? For, Misha ang- for Misha's angle, that's a lot of guesswork, but most of the interviewees pieced together that Misha needed an alternative history for herself that captured how she felt, like a victim. And being in the company of wolves and uncomfortable around humans makes sense. For the second question, I feel like this could have been addressed and revisited early on. There's a publisher who passed on the story who reveals that she told Jane Daniel not to publish the book because it seemed risky. And when the turn back when they turn back to her, she thinks greed played a major part in why people believed the lie, which is hard to dispute. If you can profit either from your story or someone else's story, you want it to be true. And Jane herself describes years of pushing Misha to go public. I think a brighter focus on how much money was being made could have been helpful, and a, but this is a good angle to highlight. But the story also highlights that internal human desire to believe in the fantastic, to find meaning in our own reality, especially in the midst of tragedy. Sometimes we don't want to be skeptical, we just want to believe. The verdict is a fascinating look at human nature. Part true crime, part human interest, Misha and the Wolves examines our need for stories. 7 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.